Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the JV Club. I am on a burning love rampage. Um, this is uh, an episode with Beth Dover and Erica Oyama. Erica co-created and wrote Burning Love with Ken Marino. And Beth Dover plays Lexi on the show. Um, you know, today, Thursday, uh, episode five of Burning Love comes out. You can see it on burninglove.com. And I just wanted to say, uh, check that out if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want spoilers. You know, we don't go too into the episode in depth, but we definitely make references to stuff that happens in it. So if you're planning on watching it, I would maybe watch it before you listen to this podcast. Uh, and thanks everybody for all the great, um, love of burning love that's floating around out there. I also wanted to just remind everyone that there's a great Pinterest account. I talk about it a little bit on the episode as well, so I won't waste too much time with that. But if you look for JV club on Pinterest, our Pinterest account is, um, I just think it's adorable. Jules in New Zealand is running it and it's, um, I just love seeing the visual representation of everything that gets talked about on the on the podcast. It was an idea that we had, and I think it's been executed lovingly and beautifully, and I just get a, a huge kick out of it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I guess you probably already know that. I'm at Janet Varney. Um, I want to thank all the Cora fans out there who are anxiously awaiting the season finale, and um, thank you for all of your kind words. I love the show, and it's just been such a dream being on that cartoon. So hooray for Cora. <laughs> uh, shout outs, guys. These shout outs, it's just going to get longer and longer and longer and longer. And I don't want to put anybody to sleep. But um, gosh, I was just on looking at the iTunes feedback. And uh, I'm uh, it's, it's just so fantastic. Um, I think I've already shouted out some of these people for other things. So I'll just throw a few out there. Um, Ann Coulter's Adam's apple. <laughs> That's just a fantastic Twitter uh, handle. It's not Twitter. Um, cat girl and Sarah Jane and Daniel and, um, HW Graham, Alyssa and uh, K Mary HH. I feel like I maybe already gave you a shout out, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm speechless. Um, Crystal Brook, for some reason, just the subject line that you gave blew me away. I don't know why. It was just so simple and beautiful. But you, your description of the podcast was, quote, always interesting and kind. And, of course, when I read the kind part, I just started to cry because I just, I don't know, that characterization just made me really happy. So thank you for that. Um, some great emails from Scott and Jennifer P. Some great Facebook posts and messages from Damon, Amanda, Aaron, Julia, and Steph. On Twitter, always great stuff. Leanne, LMM, and Pete, thank you in particular. And then on the Nerdist site, such great feedback, particularly for the Connie Chung episode. Ellen, Elena, Jean, Catherine, Todd, Chris S., Fantas, uh, Mark, and Kevin. Really, really, really great uh, feedback. I'm so glad you enjoyed Connie's episode. I hope you like this episode, and uh, I will leave you to it for uh, Beth Dover and Erica Oyama. And guys, thanks again for all the amazing feedback. Um, this one, this round made me particularly emotional. I got to stop saying that. It's always true. Now entering Nerdist.com.
made it very clear that I'm excited about Burning Love to the point where I've start, probably turned all of you off from Burning Love, even though you know it's genius because you've all watched it and you love it. And I've been getting great responses about it um, via Twitter and uh, Facebook and just, you know, people are on board for it. It seems like people around the world uh, are responding are responding well to it because it's hilarious. And Ken Marino and Erica Oyama created it. And right now, today, in this moment, I have Erica... Uh, on the podcast and she is joined by I can't play favorites because that's utterly unfair but if I were to play favorites she already knows this Beth Dover who plays Lexi shut it down I can't get enough don't even I want Lexi to have her own feature film I couldn't love her character more and I could not love your rendering of that character more Uh, and back at you as well I'm sorry, I should have made it clear that I'm not accepting compliments for the course of this podcast. I may deliver them, but I may not receive them. All I ever want to do is compliment you, Janet Barney. That's all I ever want to do. Like even when I'm not around, just in your relationship and in your encounters with other people? I'm not even kidding you. I actually do talk about you behind your back in complimentary form. Well, so do I talk about you all the time. I can't help it. This is disgusting. (laughs) Everyone is totally grossed out. Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. In celebration, we're sharing a microphone. We are. I feel like I should put my own. Yeah, this will be the first time anyone, (laughs) if you could see the weird, like, school picture pose they're having to do right now. Um, this is the first time you guys will have heard two people on the podcast at once. And I'll be frank, uh, you all know that I record in my home by and large. And you also know that, um, yeah, this is not a, they nodded. This is not a studio. And not only that, but I don't even have gear to accommodate three people on the podcast at once. So they're sharing a microphone. We're going to make it work. This is a make it work moment. Yeah. I quoted, uh, Tim Gunn. Um, uh, my gay father. You know I'm obsessed with Tim Gunn, right? I want him so to adopt wonderful. me. What is it about? Let's get right into this about Tim Gunn. Here, what is it about Tim Gunn that appeals to us all? Because he's so supportive and he really means it when he wants to help you. His, and he's just a lovely spirit. And I love Tim Gunn. I'm telling you, with a very deadpan delivery. Yes, time. it's just he's wonderful. He he's wonderful, celibate for 29 years and wonderful. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Yeah. Did you not know this? No. Tim Gunn has not had sex in 29 years. He's a celibate man. But he's a celibate. He's a celibate gay man. Gay. Uh, yeah. A celibate gay man. Has yeah. he been? So he's celibate, but he's, is he, has he been in love and relationships Apparently with partners? Apparently he was in love uh, 29 years ago. And I guess that kind of... Didn't he say the AIDS scare was what made him stop having sex and he's like people get aids i'm gonna stop yeah it was like the height of the aids epidemic and i guess that's what made him stop but now now i don't know why he's not having sex i have no idea but really scared (laughs) it 29 years scared him um but wait a minute what where are you getting this information? I, I uh, never was, follow up on anything. I, I can be interested in something and go, I'm so interested in that. And I, then I just never follow up and find out more. I think the issue with both Erica and myself is we have a lot of useless pop culture knowledge that I don't even know why I know it. But I think he was, I think he was uh, on a show kind of like The Doctors, but for, um, but for like fashion people, maybe. And he, so it's like four you know, people in the, I don't know, you guys. The fashion doctors. The fashion doctors. It's like The View. It's like The View style show. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about, Shanna. Dr. Fashion. Dr. Dress. Yeah. He was on, he was on something. I don't know. I'm sorry. 
I just, and I'm sure, no, 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 I'm sure this is common knowledge. And I'm sure all the listeners are like, yeah, how could Janet, how could you say you liked Tim Gunn so much and not know that? Right. It, somehow it is I out didn't. there. It is out there. Yeah. yeah. How did you know that he stopped having sex because of AIDS? <laughs> how could I not know? Now you do. Now you know. That's what we're here. This is really why we're here. To talk. <laughs> just to talk about Tim Gunn as much as possible. I I'll would. do it. I'd be, I'm willing. Tim Gunn and hair removal. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. Before the podcast started, uh, we were talking about the fact that it's guys. I are I every guy who listens to this. There's always at least two things in every podcast where I feel I should apologize. Are we about to vag out? We're vagging out. Well, about there's a little bit of that happening because I was Beth was mentioning that it's it's uh, appealing and easy to deal with facial hair issues mm-hmm. when you're in your car because somehow the way the sunlight hits you when you're looking in the mirror yeah you you see a lot of surprising facial hair a things that you don't notice things. in the mirror at home mm-hmm. things coming out of the, your cheek uh-huh things coming out of your chin so you did a little housekeeping right I did. before you before got I here. came in because i wanted to uh you know i wanted to look classy when i came in i didn't want to look all disheveled I appreciate that. I, do, I, I, I want any spare hairs for the podcast. <laughs> I wish you'd kept those spare hairs and given them to me as a gift. Oh, I have them. Oh. And I'll give them to you at well, the end so of this podcast. This comes as very good news. <laughs> very good news indeed. Uh, so we all had a really good time working on Burning Love. I think we can agree on that. Yes, we did. Oh, so much fun. It was one of the most fun things I've ever done, I think. I feel the same way. I, I've said it before on the podcast. I don't know that I've... I don't know that I outed myself as having cried when we rapped, but I did cry. Did you really? Yeah, I kind of did. I mean, I didn't start bawling, but I got pretty upset. I really I loved, was all teary-eyed. I loved working with all the hilarious ladies. I love that we were all able to work together. At A lot of times time. we're not working together. We're auditioning maybe in the same room together, yeah. but uh, it was really nice. I loved it. And I it, cried too when it was over. For me, I had to leave early because my son was sick. Don't give anything away. <laughs> No, we were just there, the last thing that we got. And I had, got the call from my brother who was watching Riley. And he's like, he's throwing up. You got to come home. And I just like said goodbye to everybody and like just bolted to my car crying like, this is so wonderful. <laughs> this whole I hope like, my son is I all right. Uh, this I, means more to me than my son. I got to say, Erica, you wrote something really funny and you should be very proud of yourself, I think. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I just... Um, I'm amazed by the response and I'm just so thankful that we got so many wonderful people to be in it. The funniest people I know, I feel like. I um not directed at you, Janet, because you aren't accepting compliments right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It almost got really unpleasant and awkward when I had to give you the stink eye. What do you think that the stink eye is such a great expression and I'm hard pressed to imagine who first originated that. But the stink eye is fantastic. Someone who just who just farted, maybe, and someone oh. gave them a, a stink eye, like that, like that, like that. The okay. look, the look identifies the stinker. It's not that the stink that the stink that the look itself is particularly stinky. Right. It identifies the stinker. Maybe. I don't know that that's the etymology of that of that term. Thank you for saying etymology. You're welcome. I agree. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I always get it confused with entomology, which is a study I, of I insects. Might have, I might have used that word wrong, too. So. <laughs> you used it right. You used it 100% right. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, and so you, so the, the idea, and we don't usually talk about work stuff, so we're going to get out of this in a second. But I did want to ask, because we talk a lot about sort of, you know, just... Um, I think we dance around the concept of feminism on the podcast a lot. And I think I've not really talked about this show 
as it relates to the kind of status quo of women in the media right now and this idea of like the like the phenomenon of watching these shows and i know that you have a a real enjoyment of watching these shows but also clearly a very great kind of critical and and uh satirical eye that you're that you're turning towards the shows when you're watching them because otherwise you would never have come up with such an amazing story and such an amazing show and spoof um what do you think? I mean, I don't know what I'm asking, but like, what I do you think we- about that? What are we doing with Burning Love and, and the, these different kind of characters that we're bringing to the front that are that I mean, aren't we kind of making fun of different people who are that behave in certain ways? Yes, I, I feel like this show as sort of um, a satirical point of view of The Bachelor or shows like that. um, Watching those shows, it's just amazing to see these people who are really putting themselves out there. Like, I really want to impress this guy. I want to get married to this guy. And I was just recently, I mean, it's like so cheesy to think about. But like, I was really into like princess movies, like the Disney movies and everything. And now watching like, or like just having the princess toys and stuff with my daughter, I I start thinking about the stories and they're like, okay, this beautiful white woman wants to get married to a man with a lot of money. It's like, yeah, it's scary. And Fairy so tales. Like, yeah, you can have the toys and stuff, but like, and I know there've been books and everything written about this, but I think that's sort of what the bachelor is. It's just a grown up, like these women who have grown up with these fairy tales and they're just basically living. They go to this mansion, like a castle and it's just <sighs> ridiculous. I mean, it really is. And somehow, the spotlight is shone on it in such a an intense way when it's a real person right. enacting this stuff instead of like a fairy tale cartoon person or somebody in a book. It's like, oh, this is what it looks like when you put a real human being behind it. And it's so embarrassing and shocking. It is pretty. It's not pretty. Um were there different archetypes that you knew right away? We have to have people like this because this is what I'm seeing on the shows. And can you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, Beth's character, Lexi, is sort of the psycho. And there's always the girl who like comes on just a little too strong because <laughs> it's this like screwed up situation where everybody is after the same guy and they give him, you know, lots of booze. And there's always the girl who just like it gets ugly. And Beth does a great job portraying that psycho person. <laughs> yeah. There's a slut. You know, there have been... Um, uh, there was a season where someone got kicked out because they had an inappropriate relationship with a producer. So we, we did a little reference to that. And then, um, yeah, it's just like varying degrees of that. And it, No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. No. No spoilers. Um, Erica, while you're holding the microphone, where are you from? Where did you go to high school? I went to um, the Alabama School of Fine Arts because I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, yeah, it was um, sort of a magnet school and I was in the theater program. And it was great because I was sort of a sensitive, um, artsy nerd growing up. And I grew up in a very affluent uh, community in the public school, like... I just didn't feel like it was right for me. And so I went there and I like geeked out. 
but the theater kids. Well, that's a community we've come to know well talking about on the podcast with, with uh, a lot of these girls that have done it. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do have a younger sister and a younger brother. Oh, you're the oldest. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do, are your siblings creative? Are your parents creative? Did you stick out in your own family or? Her dad. Talk about your dad. My dad's, um, my dad's a martial artist. He's a karate teacher. He's from Japan. He came over to Alabama when he was in his 30s. Um, what brings someone specifically to Alabama? I'm always so interested when people yeah. <laughs> um, immigrate from other countries, what, what state they end up in and why. It's really weird. He was um, training under this really famous teacher uh, in Japan, and some people in Alabama read about this guy and were really into the style of karate, and so they contacted the organization. They said, can you send somebody to start a school? And they sent my dad to Alabama and his brother to New York, to Manhattan. And um, my dad, he didn't speak English, and he just sort of met these people. He started the school, and then he just, like, loved it, so he stayed. And, yeah, he's been here for, like, 30-something years. What's the Asian population like where he was, uh, where he came to? In Alabama? Yeah. It was non-existent. Okay. It was, like, a very, very small, yeah, in my town... We were like the only ones that were ethnically diverse. Maybe one other person. Were you aware of that as an adolescent? Was that uh, an issue in some way? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely self-conscious about it. Um, Because, I mean, I wasn't bullied or anything, but there were comments and like people sort of holding their eyes back. Are you serious? Are you serious? I'm serious. It happened. I mean, it wasn't like constant, but it happened. Um. A few times and making fun of my name and my dad's profession was so specific to being Asian. It was sort of it was yeah. like, he was like a banker or whatever. It was like your dad's, a, you know, ninja or what, you know. Yeah. But um. But yeah, is, is he a ninja? No. He He's might be a little bit of a ninja. He's ninja adjacent. Which, that's pretty cool. I mean, surely yeah. that must have got some kind of cachet even within the yeah. sort of. People knew it like. Because the karate school that he has is called Oyama Karate. So, like, people, when I would meet them, a lot of people knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just hiccuped. Uh, note to self, do not drink sparkling water during a <laughs> podcast. Um, and, Beth, what about you? Uh, I went to high school in Florida, the wonderful state of Florida, uh, right outside of Tampa, a town called Brandon, Florida. Mm-hmm. But I moved around every two years of my life because my stepdad was in the military. So I moved about... 10 times before the age of 13. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So I moved, I lived everywhere. So I always had to start new. So I was always, I've always, I've, I've been the nerd, the loser, and I've been the most popular. I've been ever, I've been anything in between. You're a sampler. I'm a sampler. You're platter. a Whitman's sampler. I am. I am. It's so, possible yeah. people don't even know what a Whitman sampler is, but it's a box of chocolates sure that you might do. pick up at Walgreens <laughs> that your grandfather loves to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I went to, I moved there in ninth grade, so, or middle of eighth grade. So I, I, I stayed in Florida for high school and then I went to college at University of Florida. So when, so when you got to Florida and you had tried on all these different hats involuntarily moving mm-hmm. around from, from place to place, what are some of the other places that you lived just quickly? I was born in Chicago, then I moved to Ohio, then I moved to New Jersey, then I moved to Alabama, then I moved to California and then I moved to South Korea and then I moved to Virginia and then I moved to Florida, and then I moved to New York, and then now I'm in LA. And my dad lives in Atlanta. 
And my mom now lives 45 minutes away from Birmingham, Alabama, which is where she grew up, which so we're, we're down in Birmingham sometimes at the same time. <laughs> you named so many places that I don't, I don't know what to say other than South Korea. Yeah, I was there. She slipped that in. Get into Ohio. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> I think we're all wondering most about Ohio. You guys, Ohio is <laughs> such a beautiful place. Um, no, South Korea was cool. It was um, the most different thing I've ever experienced. At that age, it was so kind of incredible. We, were, we lived on an Air Force base. And there was, I remember at recess, there was this fence. And it, it looked out upon this village. I mean, it was almost ridiculous, like how fake it was, because it was this lawn, this sort of, uh, you know, recess American lawn. We were all out at recess. And then there was a fence. And on the other side of this fence is this Korean village, sort of a poor village. And we would um, talk to the kids, you know, through the fence and teach each other curse words and stuff. And it was fun. Wow. <laughs> and how long were you there? Two years. Two years is a long time. Yeah, I was 10 to 12. And I joined the Rainbow Kids, which was the performing arts group. And we performed all around. We performed at Young in Farmland, which was the Disneyland of Korea. And, and I was in my 1950s. Young in Farmland? It's called Young in Farmland. So it's it's like a... Let's talk about that well, more, if possible. Yeah, I mean, I just... Well, that one constant when I moved so much was theater and performing. I always knew I wanted to be an actor, so... I would, uh, you know, I was. I thought I was going to be like a song and dance lady when I was that age. So, <laughs> let me ask you this: Did, be, you, but because you were moving so much as a uh, uh, army brat, yeah, Air Force, uh, Air Force brat. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, were you also encountering a lot of other kids who were going through the same thing? I mean, was there a little bit of that so that it maybe wasn't as difficult as if you were just introduced into a new static staple? community yes and no because my mom i'm a product of my so my mom's been married three times and my dad's been married three times this is really confusing i get super jerry springer but basically uh my mom got married for the first time had three kids got married for the second time with me had me and then got married for the third time to my stepdad who was in the military so i didn't start moving around with him until we were already in alabama i had moved like five times by that point but and did your half siblings were they a part of all those moves as well? No, not at all because they're much older than me. But they started coming back to the nest my senior year of high school. Um, but because my my brother is a quadriplegic, so he came back, and I was like, "Hey, who are you?" And so he had had an accident, but he had gone off to school and wow. came back. And then uh, so you were essentially an only child yes. while all of, while you were making all these moves. Exactly. Yeah. At the yeah maybe the first four or five years, not really. But my dad didn't like my mom's first kids as much, so um, <laughs> they stayed with. Their dad. It's a long. There's a lot happening. Um, there's crystal meth. There's jail. You guys really it's wonderful. Yeah. There's wow. all kinds of craziness. And I, I, I kind of escaped all of it. I mean, I sort of had a not a terrible. I mean, you know, it was dysfunctional in in its own way. But it, you know, it certainly wasn't as horrible as it sounds. Like if I laid out everything, you guys would be kind of wanting not to talk to me again. <laughs> how did? But, and so does that create? I mean. That just sounds like a recipe for guess what? You're your own parent, Beth Dover. Um, yeah, I mean, being an only child in that way, you are by yourself a lot. So you do have a lot of time alone. So I think that and also just the moving around all the time makes you really adaptable. I, yeah, I was. I was a latchkey kid. My mom worked because before she married Ken, my stepdad, she was working. So I would come home and, you know, take care of myself. I was flying by myself at three to see my wow. dad yeah and I, I came back from korea i remember i was like 10 years old and there was like a, lay- a six hour layover and i remember thinking to myself and it took about 24 hours 25 hours to get to atlanta and i remember thinking to myself i don't know 
I, should I be doing this like by myself? <laughs> but it was even that you yeah. have an inherent sense that something's horribly awry. That but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say it. they were great. Everyone did the best. You know, everyone. Yeah. Did, everyone did the best they could. Do exactly. you like traveling now that you've yeah. love traveling? I so love it's not traveling. like listen. I've been around a lot, and I had to do that by force so much when you were younger. No, that you, and that the you opposite. Like in fact, I get a little like we need to move. I've lived here for four years. It's time to get out of here and do something else. Interesting. Yeah, I have the impulse to get in the car and drive a lot and just be like, I, sh- I should just keep driving. I can just leave here and just That's do right. something That's else. Amazing. <laughs> Have you ever done like a cross country trip? Yeah, just Joe to- and I. Joe and I did uh, when he was moving out from uh, New York. So we we drove cross country and stopped at, you know, Billy the Kid, the gravesite of Billy the Kid. New Year's. Yeah, New Year's two thousand and five. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Exactly. It's hard for me not to want to just unpack all of the baggage that you just made I know. reference to. I, I can't know. decide how much we should dive into it and how much not to. I'm open. I'm an open book. You can. You can. I mean, I do anything. think. I mean, I do think that people benefit. And Erica, I don't mean to. Um, there's a lot that I want to talk about with you too. Unfortunately, she just dropped the crystal meth bomb and a few other oh, things. Yeah. That yeah. and jail and quadriplegic yeah. and yeah. six different marriages and yeah. I actually, Ohio. We haven't even started talking about Ohio. Um, Ohio being the most important part of that. Yeah, list. yeah. But uh, but I think people do benefit from hearing about the tough stuff in the sense. You know, I get yeah. so many great emails from people who are like, I I suffered through a lot of this kind of stuff, and yeah. it felt good to know that somebody is able to translate that into a psychotic performance. Yeah, man. Um, my, you know, I give all the, my mom is such a strong lady, like for her to go through what she's gone through with her three kids, first three kids, or I can't even begin to, to even touch on that, but she's an amazing woman. I love her. I, I don't know how she's done what she's done, but my, yeah, my brother is currently in jail for, for who knows? I don't really know what, but drugs. How old is he? He must be 44 probably and then my sister is in a rehab facility outside of birmingham and she has three kids that my mom has basically raised and some of them have kids but yeah so i i will never should we i probably i don't know erica's looking at me like i shouldn't be talking about this but um well i did i have i am like oh god am i doing this but um yeah whatever you decide yeah no um where was i what was i talking about sister rehab yeah, so she's hopefully getting, you know, but my mom has been very supportive and with that and hopefully she'll, you know, get on track. And my brother unfortunately passed away like 8 years ago. He got in a car accident because he had a he had a van that he could drive. Yeah. You know, that was specially made for him and so he got I think he I don't know if he fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know exactly what happened, but yeah. So it's a bummer. She's I mean, she is so strong and she's really re- she's found her happiness again like she really has which is is she still incredible. with your stepfather yeah yeah okay. which is and he's been an incredible rock for her as well yeah so yeah so it's good i mean for but it's so funny because it's so all of these horrible sort of tragic things that i'm relaying to you i almost feel detached from in a way mm-hmm. because i didn't experience them first i i did experience them firsthand but i was i was out of the house and i, I really just went and did my own thing i really I just really did that and I and they weren't around when I was growing up so yeah. for me it's just like this weird mark on our family that I don't really understand fully but that makes sense and yeah. I'm not I've never been the person who's I mean, I'm not trying to mine tears out of you or yeah. anything like that um yeah. it is what it is and I th- and I think that's true for a lot of us it, it 
especially at a young age, when you're effect, when you're when you're when you're affected by something that is really close to you, but not really directly in front of you, it can be really confusing, and you yeah. can sort of. Not, I yeah. mean, what are you going to do? How does right. it change your life yeah. other than how it changes your mom? And well, that's what I was the most angry about, how it affected my mother. I was the most angry at my brother and sister for making a series of bad choices. My, bro- my other brother was amazing. He was the one I had the relationship with. He came back my senior year of high school. So we really, you know, he was really into movies and comedy and stuff like that. So he would love, you know, what I'm doing now and all that kind of stuff. So he, you know, definitely I have an emotional feeling about but the other two I kind of have detached from which is a terrible thing to say but I think it saves me yeah I think it's protecting me a little bit yeah definitely I will uh I will lighten up just a a little bit because I I'm so sorry you guys no I'm like totally embarrassed what no 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 (laughs) oh my god please people I Let's talk the, about Ohio. The people that listen to this podcast, they, they go through where a lot. So, and, and yeah. <laughs> and where, where is yeah. the good deep dish pizza yeah. in Ohio? And, fr- and frankly, all the places you live for that matter. Let's <laughs> rank them one by one. No, what I wanted to ask was about uh, Jungen Farmland. I don't remember oh, what you named it, but well, I need to know what the Korean Disneyland is like. I'll and tell what you what. Themes it's are pretty freaking awesome. And they love... Um, Amer- they love white people. I mean, it's, I don't even know how to say it another way. And I had dark hair, but they were like touching my hair. I was like a celebrity at the Young and Farmland. I sang a lot of, um, um, oh, what's that song? Don't take those old records off the show. <laughs> what's that one? Um, so wait, old time it, rock and roll. That is it my- meant to be like an American? What is the, what is the theme of? Well, you know how, you know, in Disneyland, they have, you know, little areas where people perform on stage. We were in one of those areas. Is it just rides? Is it just roller coasters? It's, yeah, it's rides. And it's, when you um, say Disneyland, I imagine oh, themes. Well, that's one yeah. of the thing, the difference between that and like a magic mountain where it's just about pretty much about rides no, i'm imagining was, like cultural this, yeah well it's about rides and it was also it was also uh it's sort of like opry land yes because it's like six flags was like it's about the scary rides and then opry land was like it's also about the music do you know what i mean yes yes that's exactly okay. what it was it was it was a it was a perfect combination of that good Good work, nice Erica. Work. Korean Opryland. Let's just Korean Opryland. Let's just call it Korean Opryland. Let's clarify. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it was good, and I'd go out in the audience and dance with some of the Korean people. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> I was eleven and precocious, and I thought I was going to be, um, you know, a really. And yet, it was not star. against any child labor law in South <laughs> oh, Korea. No. And by the way, the people who who you know, it was it was run by this husband and wife team, who I got to be honest were suspect to me like in my in, like now i'm like why were they why did they i don't know like but uh you know they were nice enough people i don't mean to but were they suspect it. in like legally suspect in some way like they were they didn't do anything but i was like why are you spending so much time you're in the military you have a job here in in south korea and you're spending this much time with with 11 year old girls like, why are you chaining me to this fence at night <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh, they were nice not, enough there's nothing wrong with that but you know i just thought Eriko Oyama providing the dry, (laughs) creepy irony throughout the uh, podcast. Um, I assume you don't keep in touch with anyone from South Korea, or do you? Um, I I keep in touch with people. Because we have that couple. They're here for you tonight. Hey, guys. No, no, they're American. They're American. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. No, that was really racist. The shoe's on the other foot now, miss. Yeah. It's me. Really good. Like the racism. Well, Interesting. Guess, you know, 
and you went to the University of Florida. Where yes. did you go to the college? I went to Loyola Marymount University here okay. by the airport. I guess it is by the oh, airport. Yes. It is. I forgot close. that. I think I used to get, no one cares about this. I think I used to get uh, informational packets from them because they knew I liked theater. It's a good theater school, no? Is it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's like sort of um, a good like film school type place for people who, because um, USC is so competitive to get into. I think people land there. Is that what you were? Is that what you were? No, I. Well, I. I was originally going to do be a theater major, but then under the advice of an acting coach, because I I moved here to be an actress, he was like, "Do uh, do film or like screenwriting or something like that, because you'll learn more about TV and film, I guess." And he's like, "You can take acting classes elsewhere, and then you'll just you'll have a fuller." Uh, base of knowledge for if you want to do TV and film. And then I started doing um, screenwriting classes and just felt like that was more of a fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it goes back to the uh, Asian thing. Like I was ha- having a really hard time when I moved here because I was like auditioning for like the Korean best friend or like the like Asian girl in Austin Powers 3, you know, the, those twins. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And so it's so was it surprising? Yeah, way. was it surprising to you to feel like everything you had the opportunity to audition for was so tied to ethnicity in some way and defined by it? Yeah, it was really frustrating because I uh, would go on these auditions and I'd look around and everyone was like just fully Chinese or Korean or whatever it was, and I was like, "There's no way!" Like, I I basically um, I don't know. I I know that I. It, you can tell that I'm Asian, but it just isn't like so. I'm half Asian, right? You know, and the, and isn't it so crazy that it is that specific in this business? People talk about that all the time, jokingly. People who go through it, where you know, like I, I guest hosted an episode of uh, The Sound of Young America and um, and interviewed Danny Pudi and uh, who's on Community, and Danny was sort of talking about how he. You know, just what it's like to always audition for like the ethnic sidekick and yeah. that and that he found a way to sort of f- ma- like fit into not just the Indian guy, but maybe I can be the Iraqi guy and maybe I can mm-hmm. be the Pakistani guy. And um, and the difference between that and my experience, which was like, I don't know that like they're always so careful to make it seem like whatever I'm auditioning for is like non-exclusive in terms of race. So it never, it barely comes into play. It must be so different feeling like you better bring it, Erica. You better bring your Asian-ness, Erica. <laughs> well, I, I feel like, you know, I didn't really understand at the time. You should go and like just do the best you can. Like I just let my insecurity come out, I think. And then if that person, that casting director or whatever, sees you and they're like, oh, she's good. She could be this nondescript whatever character, you know. But I think I just, like, knew that I wasn't going to be the Chinese daughter who was, whose parents were like, you got to do math or whatever. Right. I just, like, couldn't do it. So it was, it was hard. Um, and then I found screenwriting to be, like, way more free and ter- like you know it was just like you had a little more control over it and it wasn't you know there weren't these limitations were you interested specifically in comedy and stuff when you were studying that um i feel like i started writing like sort of melodramatic like things about like 
people being friends with people in nursing homes and (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's a thing that we're supposed to understand oh the nursing home friendship genre like a a heartfelt (laughs) thing about yeah like a like a kid breaking his grandma out of a nursing home and they go on a road trip and then she dies (laughs) i feel like that was my first thing i love it and then like there was like a short about like a girl finding that her sister has diet pills <laughs> oh no but oh probably yeah but then very quickly i think i felt most comfortable in comedy yeah did you did you get the instruction by people write what you know yeah and, and did you or did didn't... you not break your grandmother out of a nursing home and go on a road trip with her? i didn't break her out of a nursing home i had a great grandmother in a nursing home who had alzheimer's and and passed away while i was in college so that was probably like just on my heart oh um, now i feel terrible yeah, for no, laughing no but that was like Jeez, janet <laughs> thanks guys she's also a meth ad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh and in jail <laughs> you guys terrible terrible sorry. i'm sorry beth no it's we're going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the, I think you start like sort of everyone, I don't know, most people probably start trying to write what they've seen or what like they think will be like emotionally impactful and then sort of settle into like being more honest. Yeah. Probably. Did you write at all when you were in high school in Alabama? Not really. I mean, I I wrote like creative writing and stuff in in uh elementary school and junior high and i went to this writer's camp um that all sounds pretty righty like a little bit that's not but a term. i was like way more into theater like i didn't see much. and my dad who writes also he wrote like for uh martial arts magazines and he writes essays and stuff he was always like you're not you're, you're a writer you're not an act you know that's fine that you do that but you should be a writer mm. i was like whatever i'm gonna be on general hospital <laughs> <laughs> did you uh did you have how was your dating life when you were in in high school erica dating life mm-hmm. there were about like three guys that everybody wanted to date because it was like an art school mm-hmm. um so i dated one of the three guys <laughs> wait a minute back up i don't know why i just acknowledged that like it was a thing like oh sure there were only three guys because it was an art school what are you saying it was like theater and like the guys, the attractive guys in Alabama aren't like, I'm going to go to art school. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> are on they the on the football team? team. They're yeah. whatever. Um, but then there's, you know, the, the random cute guy who comes to the art school and I dated him for oh, a month. Oh, you won him. You won. I won. Well, I dated him for a month in 10th grade while he was on a break from this other girl. <laughs> she, then she moved away. Listen to him. <laughs> he really could take his pick. He, yeah, he, he, I'm available to you from the months of month. September. And then yeah. he broke up with me and got back with her. And then she oh. moved away. Then he dated somebody else and then broke up with them. And then he dated me again in, in um, our senior year. And then a little, and then through our freshman year. And it was all long distancy and like emotional. And then we broke up. How, but, and so does that, I mean, I would say that if you won him and there were only three guys that people wanted to be into, it sounds like you were, you were were a success in that way. Um, in that way, yes. Yeah. It was, um, the, the dating scene at my high school was just, it was not so happening. And there were like some more artsy, like fast paced kids that, uh, I couldn't really hang with. And he was sort of the most calm sweet guy 
And so, when yeah. you say fast paced, do you mean sexually, but also like rebelliously? Like, were they doing drugs or were they, yeah, and you weren't really some, into that? No, I was super scared of it. I didn't drink anything or, and I, you know, I was very sheltered mm-hmm. until college. Beth, what about you? Um, I mainly dated this guy, Tracy, for most of high school because we all were friends with the same group of people and that was what you did. Um, but we would break up intermittently and I would date other guys. And then I, I had this whole theater department, this whole theater life, this community theater life that I kept separate from my high school life. Oh, interesting. And so sometimes I would date like a random 23-year-old guy, yeah, which is inappropriate, very inappropriate. But my mother was always like, you know what? Make out with boys. Have sex. Just don't drink. She was very opposite on things. Um, <laughs> which I never had sex. I never had sex in high school. But um, I was very sort of proper in that way. Um, but I did date a lot of guys. I was pretty popular in high school. I was in a lot of, you know, uh, I was in the theater and chorus, but then I was also a dancerette and I was in student council and women's Let's studies. Let's take a moment to cherish the term dancerette. <laughs> yeah. So unnecessary no. to tag. It's like, no, you were a dancer. No, I was a dancerette. I was a dancerette. Yeah. Sounds like a, a small dancer. <laughs> a lot of you them were. A lot I of think them that's were. what Elton John's Tiny Dancer is about. It is. It's, it's actually about, about dancerettes. Close to dancerette. Yeah. yeah. It's about yeah. Bloomingdale High School in Brandon, Florida. Elton John. Uh, so you were, and so you were probably, you know, you probably also had, I mean, you were so, I bet you were super confident because you would just by the time you got to high school and settled in, you had been through so much stuff. And I really wasn't, I wasn't super confident. I am still really not. I, I, but I always, um, I always, uh, was friends with everybody. I never thought I was above anybody. I never, you know, I was friends, I was friends with the nerds. I was friends with the jocks. I was friends with the cheerleaders. I was friends with, you know, pretty much everyone. Yeah. So that's probably why. Did you listen to your mom and not drink? No. No, no, I <laughs> I also snuck out of the house a lot. Well, because you're a runner, because you uh, like to move. Yeah, like I really do. Around. I like to move around. Um, that She Likes to Move song by Nerd is about me. I like to move out what if of that my window. True? What if it really were about <laughs> you, just like Rosanna is yeah. about Rosanna Arquette? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember I would give my dog peanut butter because it would stop him from barking. Ooh. So he would eat the, like the peanut butter would be kind of stuck in his mouth and he'd be eating it. So he would. And then by the time he finished the peanut butter, he forgot I was gone. So he wouldn't bark and wake my parents up. But then I would I would start getting careless and leave the peanut butter out. So they knew that I had snuck out of the house the night before and gone to <laughs> the Apollo Beach. Telltale sign. A jar of peanut butter yeah, usually exactly. means a teen is loose yeah, somewhere. Is loose hanging out at the Taco Bell parking oh, lot. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I had I had fun in high school. High school was a good experience. It was good. What kind of music were you into? Oh, oh gosh. Um, I enjoyed Pearl Jam. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Sheryl Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club. Salt- oh, oh you gosh. know what? I liked Salt and Peppa a lot. Great. Um, Great. Uh, en Vogue, Blind mm-hmm. Melon. Who else? Did, uh, what else was happening? None of Your Business? Oh, SWV. Oh, man. Any slow... Wait, something's happened where I don't know what's happened. Oh, I knew everything you just said until SWV we reached this. SWV was... They had... 90s. Slow jams, lady jams, like kind of. Download. Yeah. Music compilation, the download. Yes, it would. I don't know anything about what you're saying. I just like a good slow jam. I like a good slow jam Mm -hmm. or a good 90s rap song. Just anything Mm -hmm. that you can kind of groove to and karaoke to, as Erica well knows. (laughs) Oh, do you guys enjoy karaokeing together? The two of us karaoke quite often. Quite often together. And in fact, Erica has a karaoke room in her house called Nine Tight that is insulated. 
Um, and, and you can basically fit nine tightly in there, which is why it's called nine tight, eight comfortably, eight comfortably, nine tight. Okay. And, um, you know, it's great because we can drink and party and our kids are still sleeping and they can't hear us. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I should uh, say, uh, for anyone who is interested that, um, you have a couple of children. I do. Two to be exact. (laughs) That's why I said a couple and Beth's is not. I'm barren. So when we're talking, so when we're talking about, uh, children, we are talking about Erica's children. (laughs) I didn't. I guess I didn't. You know what? I think I've heard rumblings that you had a karaoke we room, but I don't remember. We yeah, about Janet, it. we you have we have to go. You know what? I'm not a good karaokeist. Karaoke at at arette. I don't know. Dance arette. Karaoke arette. I think we can. Oh I think we can. We can I like you. singing as much as the next person who likes singing, but I don't have good like you know people have their mainstays, their karaoke mainstays. By the way, this seems like a really good time for interaction with uh, listeners, and I am genuinely and sincerely interested in what your karaoke songs are. So, guys, please tweet me what your karaoke songs are, and please suggest karaoke songs to me because it feels like I think that I like a song and that it will be fun to sing karaoke to, and inevitably when I pick it and it comes. On, I'm like, oh, I can't. This is wrong. No, Something has gone horribly you, wrong. You put in and knew for a fact that you you regretted instantly. Oof. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I so rarely go karaokeing. Oh, I went fairly recently for someone's birthday party, and I can't remember. I do remember thinking that everything was bad. Yeah, it's cathartic. I enjoy it. Sometimes you got to practice, like. I would pick like songs that I liked and make a CD and have it in my car. Mm-hmm. It sounds so nerdy, but I remember Joe in New York one time when we were there for the summer, mm-hmm. like had a li- he wrote down a list and he had, like brought it with him on the subway. Like he's like, these are the songs I'm going to sing tonight. It's my good because that's the- so OCD about everything. So of course, it's good to be even prepared. his fun yeah. is, is written down. Can I identify <laughs> who he is? Because yeah, uh, we, I, we, well, you guys probably already know that Ken Marino and Erica Oyama are together and, it's their children that we're referring to. Um, and Beth is barren, evidently. <laughs> no. uh, she is not. Um, barren by choice. That's right. Uh, and and Beth's partner is uh, Joe Latrulio, who is also a member of the state uh-huh. and is uh, excruciatingly funny, He's as hilarious. is Beth, as yes. are Erica and Ken. Yes. Um, so that's uh, put th- puts that into some context. Yeah. It's good and to know how, that he has a list of karaoke. Yeah, you guys have known each other for quite some time. Yeah, about eight eight years. Yeah. Eight and a half years, something like that. Uh, but that makes sense because that's the other thing that happens when you go to a karaoke place is I just blank. I draw a blank as uh, I think a lot of people do. And then I just... Um, then I feel fussy and I feel like I can't focus and enjoy what other people are singing because I'm worried about what I'm going to come up with and right. suddenly every song I feel I've never heard before even the ones I know I'm like how does that go <laughs> so I should probably I could benefit from this kind of prep you I'd probably enjoy it more the three of us could go into nine tight and we could just f- play some songs and see you could see if you know them it could be a karaoke workshop. It could be a karaoke workshop. <laughs> Do you have songs that we'll you love, it. but that you could generously donate to me because they're pre-tested by you that you know, this is a good one for you, Janet, because I've sung it and it's are easy. You, are you an alto or a soprano? Probably an alto. Angel from Montgomery? Yeah, one? yeah. Angel from Montgomery? Okay, um, we already have a problem because I don't know what that is. Yeah. Bonnie Raitt. That's Bonnie John Raitt. Fine. Yeah, Bonnie Raitt. I do like John. I mean, I do like Bonnie and Raitt John well Fine enough. Did the original, yeah. How's song. it go? <laughs> Damn it! All right, I'll do it. All right, all right. Um, wait, how's this? Start? 
I met an old woman, an old woman named after my mother. My old man was another child that's grown old. If dreams were shining, lightning was desired. This is starting to sound familiar. I know we're like uh, and then that, that, this was that was first of all beautiful. Second of all, you did make you did make eye contact the whole time. And how oh, does the this not chorus go? Session? Because yeah, an angel of an old rodeo. I know this. To believe in this I'll do it, but I'm gonna have to buy it and play it to myself enough times that I, I hope know you just the play lyrics. what we just you know what you. someone uh, I should oh my god I have my own built in uh, this is great my yeah. training my training and you're round. welcome and you're welcome um you know what someone's saying that I could also see myself doing uh someone else saying fake plastic trees by great radio song. yes that's a great and one that did seem as it was happening I was like I kind of wish I were singing this that's a great one I sing that, that one is too. good Guys, I'm dead serious. Send me your karaoke suggestions because I want to be uh, comfortable. Okay. I want to get with you and your sister. I think her name's Deborah by Beck. It's called someone. Uh, someone at the last one I did also just did a, some a couple of Eminem raps, and I was blown away. Oh, I rap all the time. I do Salt and Peppa's None of Your Business. I'm a big fan of that one. I did that last Sunday night. Yeah. In a room full of gay men and Erica. We could clearly talk about karaoke for the rest of this podcast. Just but a week ago, we karaokeed. It was like super fun, drunken to one in the morning with just a bunch of gay guys. And I have never been so hungover. <laughs> That's the end of that story is and misery. See. Just yeah, absolute was misery. So fun while it was happening. Yeah. Erica, what were you into music wise? Anything like sappy and cheesy and embarrassing. Any like, song about a kid who takes his grandmother out of a nursing like, home and they go on called, a road I think trip. It was called together. "Take Me Home." I think that was God. great. You guys remember "Blessed Union of Souls"? Yeah, I believe. Remember that? Oh, I believe. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. good too. God, I anything by the Cranberries. I like the. Cranberries. Well, I definitely got on board for like yeah. all of those Sundays, Cranberries, Primitives, all of those gals. But the ultimate for me, and always, and to this day. Is on is the Indigo Girls. I'm yes. a I'm like a, I've been to three I of their concerts. Know. I have a T-shirt. I wear a T-shirt. Like I'm such a nerd for the. You Indigo must have Girls. gotten hit on a lot. Yeah, I really did. Oh yeah, that <laughs> no, was great. No. I no, it's the, all I, solidarity, man. We just, I like, think this I is yeah. This is like the only. This is only like the second time that the Indigo Girls have come up, and we talk a lot about music on the podcast and influences. And I, yeah, this is like I think maybe just the, i maybe you know what it might have been deanna i think it was very recently like maybe the last episode i released deanna was talking about the indigo girls um it's funny that it hasn't come up before then well, because i don't know that they're a cool band like people so no one people, wants to admit no it. one wants to admit that yeah. but i mean i'll i'll admit that i, I love listen, them i love them i've never seen power of two power of two i unironically I wonder, I wonder if more people unironically love them than i than than i would have thought because I love them too. And I had to out myself and say, yeah, I know I was a goth and I know I've, I've name dropped skinny puppy in ministry, but I, 
I, I mean, I love the Indigo Girls. I have been listening to your podcast, and you do have much cooler musical taste than I do. I definitely, but then, but I well, definitely know but that. then, but then you get into like the April Richardson, who I haven't released yet, and Jen Kirkman, uh, people who were just you know way cooler. Like they just didn't even bother with music right. that wasn't amazing, right. and they started listening to you know they when they were children, just listening to um, like the the greatest rock and roll of all time. And yeah. I was still listening to Huey Lewis and the News for sure, but by, by eighth grade, pe- I can't get how people can be that in tune with well, being I cool. Think, I bet <laughs> I bet their parents had a really like my parents don't they don't really listen to music. They're not into music. I think yeah. we had one early Beatles album. I, like I want to hold your hand, and then Chicago and Alabama. Oh Those were the mm-hmm. three things that my they only liked to. bands that had states or <laughs> yeah, cities yeah. names in yeah. them. My dad had one song in his car and it was What a Wonderful World by oh. Armstrong and then he would like turn it off and we'd just listen to it one time and he'd be like I have a headache and he'd turn it off and like not listen to anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He disagreed it. with the message. He was just like he loved that song he'd be like Whoa. he'd like sing along with it. <laughs> but um and then he'd be like if I tried to listen to anything, I'd be like, oh, no, hold my head, and then turn it off. Only It's a Wonderful World. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. really we funny. We that at my wedding, he and I. Did you? Oh, yeah. stop. <laughs> and then you tried to put on different music, and he was like, turn it all off. I'm leaving. My head hurts. <laughs> Uh, I got to meet your folks. That's that's got to happen. Did, did you talk too much about your mom? What is your mom, Erica? Um, um, my mom. What is she? Well, <laughs> what does she do? I guess I didn't finish that she sentence. Is, um, she's what a is nurse. She? Uh-huh. Her, she is an Audrey. She's wonderful. She's really funny. Um, How yeah, did your she, parents meet? She took karate from him. This is wonderful. <laughs> and yeah, he was like, he said he saw her and he heard bells and that was it. <laughs> Oh, but then, yeah. but he didn't care for it because it wasn't. It's a he wonderful was like, world. The bells were too loud. What a wonderful world. Yeah, <laughs> gave me a headache. But then we got He's, married. He heard bells. Yeah. That's so sweet and adorable. Sweet. And are they still together? They are. Yeah. I'm very glad that's the ending of that story. <laughs> Otherwise, like, and, then, and then one day he heard uh, bells again, and he knew it was time to divorce her. <laughs> she heard shrieking and ended uh, the marriage. Oh wow. Um, what else do I want to talk to you guys about? Uh, we've talked about kind of dating. Would, uh, here I'll say something I've never said on the podcast before, which was that I was terrified to drive a car when I was in high school. All my friends got their driver's licenses and, uh, were driving around and I just let them chauffeur me and I was just too afraid to get my license. I've never said that before. What was? Of course, you couldn't wait, Beth. You probably were like, "Listen, I took some helicopter flying uh, classes when I was twelve, and I just knew what I wanted. I knew I needed to get out of that town and go to New York, like at a very young age." But um, not that there's anything wrong with Brandon, Florida. It's wonderful. Um, But what made you nervous about driving? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Both my parents had old stick shifts because we didn't have any money or anything. So when my mom started trying to teach me how to drive. Um, I just couldn't, she had a 1977 Toyota Corolla, which by the way, I've since become nostalgically obsessed with, like I'm obsessed with the idea of getting an, uh, 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 like what I'm now classifying as a vintage 1977 Toyota Corolla. Guys, Google it. These are really cute cars. I don't know what it is, but they seem so adorable to me now. And I guess it's nostalgia, but I couldn't even get the I, I couldn't get the stick shift to work for me it just what the car would die like stick, every stick you know is, and I my can. dad had a Datsun a Datsun King cab that was also a stick and I just couldn't that's, make it happen that's hard it's easier to learn I mean I did learn because a boyfriend of mine taught me how to drive stick shift but I, I learned on automatic so I, that 
you know, that's nerve wracking learning on a stick shift, I would think. Although I guess that's probably the better way to do it. But now it's like, why? You don't need to. Well, and then I went to school in Flagstaff, Arizona, where I didn't need to have a car. I just rode my bike everywhere I walked. And then finally, my boyfriend there did teach me how to drive. Uh, this awesome, huge, like big Chevy blue truck. It was like a really old truck that felt really safe. Um, I mean, it did. It just felt like, oh, I'm in a giant thing that I'm protected by. Yeah. And, uh, but then I didn't, but so I had my permit and, and I would drive with him and then I moved to San Francisco and I oh, you don't couldn't need a have car. a car. So guys, I've never said this on the podcast before, but I didn't really get my license in earnest and use it. I think I got it in when I was, you know, 19 or something and never, and then it expired. And then I didn't, I didn't have like an active driving life until my late twenties. Your late twenties. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now are you yeah. a really bad driver now? I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. But I could be wrong. <laughs> we'll go for a drive after this. We see. could, we could go for a drive after test. this. It'd be weird. If you a weird Corolla. driver's test. Um, you started driving right away. I did. I I'm going to really, find somebody who didn't. I was really into it. I got um, my great grandmother's Honda Accord, the one who went to the nursing home, um, who I who inspired Take Me Home. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like really excited to drive. Also, probably more excited than I should have been because I got into an accident. The first year, <laughs> I got into an accident the first week I had my Doesn't license. Everybody get into I to- I don't total- teenagers get into car accidents? Isn't that what happened? Honestly, I will say I do think sixteen is pretty early because I remember driving that first week and I told I totaled my mom's car. I fully totaled her car. I yeah. stopped at a, a a four way stop that I thought was a four way stop, but it was a two way stop, and I got sideswiped <gasps> immediately. Just I totaled their car. We were, everyone was fine, but yeah, I think I was driving to the beach or something. Yeah. And but- what was your accident like? I think I was driving to school and like just playing with the radio and just was getting on the highway to go to school and just ran into someone. <laughs> and I was like late for like an exam or something and then failed the exam. I want to be clear. I'm not laughing because you hit someone and I'm assuming they were in a car and were unharmed. They were unharmed. Only my car got damaged. And um, yeah. When we were at your wedding, can I tell you what, what happened? Okay, so they got married in 2005, and I'm in Birmingham in your old hometown, and I'm driving the car with Joe, and we it's late at night. I don't – there's not a lot of street lights. It's very confusing, and I drive what I think is onto the highway, but I was driving on the off-ramp of the highway, <gasps> so cars were going to be coming at oh, me God. at a crazy speed, and – all of a sudden we see these red lights on the, on the floor. This is like the night after your wedding or the night before your wedding. And, um, and Joe goes, okay, uh, I think we're on the wrong side. Uh, this is bad. Trying to stay calm. We all, we, oh, he, in a, in a situation like that, he really does stay calm. That's nice. good to know. And I go, okay, great. And I slowly reverse the car. <laughs> great. Awesome. Okay. You both fine. sound like newscasters. Yeah. No, it was. And, um, and then immediately like seconds later, just a ton of cars coming out. Like I was Ooh, horrifying. That's anyway, close. Huh? I just remembered that. That would have been a huge bummer. That would have ruined your wedding. <laughs> it all worked out. Me. Yeah, it would have been really bad for you, Erica. Can you imagine if... The, I would love if that were your response, that you guys got into a horrible car accident and then you found out and said, I can't believe this is happening to me. <laughs> well, I guess my dad and I will just dance this dance for Beth and Joe. <laughs> I guess so. I love both of your relationships. I don't know if that's getting too personal. I guess we've already talked about some pretty personal stuff, but... I like oh. observing, you know how you have friends, guys, whose relationships you enjoy the window into and then other relationships where 
maybe you you're away. like, hmm, <laughs> you look away. You're like, hmm, maybe not so much with this, but I really like, and, and also Aww. seeing you and Ken work on the set together and how that is. And especially as hard as you guys had to work for a, sh- a short period of time for the amount of coverage that you had to get and all of that stuff. It seems like, uh, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. That which was, I love. You're my role really models. I, yeah. I just, I, I think the world of Ken, he's like the sweetest, funniest person i've ever met with the biggest heart and he's like such a mush and he starts crying he'll probably start crying if he's listening to this are you or is he more emotional than you or are you guys kind of the same sort of the same yeah yeah we're both weepy i mean i know i guess yeah you already said that you left crying from the shoot which makes me feel better also i mean i think exhaustion was probably part of it (laughs) but um we just had the best i i'm so excited that we got to do that together and um I, I think it's just the beginning. I don't think we could. You guys are really going to be working together a lot now. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, I hope so. Cause it's fun. Um, yeah. I'm going to say this, I'm going to pay this compliment to Erica on the air. I mean, this isn't a radio show guys, but, um, <laughs> she's heard me say this before, but, uh, I cannot say enough how on like on the spot this woman is with <laughs> one liners and stuff. Like, you know, when you're shooting something, you, um, you say some stuff and they let us do a lot of improvising as well, which was really, really exciting and, and very, very fun to be given the keys in that way. But, um, but we would do a take and then, uh, Erica would walk over or someone would walk over if, if Erica couldn't, cause she was uh, stuck on the monitor or something and, and feed us like these spontaneous lines <laughs> that she would have come up with on the spot, uh, for us to try. And inevitably they were always so funny that I c- almost couldn't say them without <laughs> laughing. And if someone else said them to me, I would ruin the take by laughing oh at whatever gosh. the line was. And that's really hard to do. It's one thing when you're, I think it's, I think it's almost in some weird way, it feels like it's one of the hardest things for me over sitting in a room trying to come up with something and having the time to craft it in that way. That's hard. Um, but you have the time. And then improvising, you're out of your body in a sense. And so there's a freedom to that that I also find easier. I, I find that to be the in-between that's the hardest, which is you're present enough that you're very aware that you're trying to think of something funny on the fly and you're not improvising it and you're not the one saying it and you've not had the time to craft it. So to me, that's a really big deal to be able to come up with a button for someone else to say, I just think is such a skill. Oh, that's very sweet. I mean, I think like thinking about those characters for a really long time, maybe it was that like just having everything in my head. And then when I was watching it, just things would pop out. But you guys like came up with some of the funniest things in the whole show. I feel like in your improvs force my fate. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) There. Yeah. There is some stuff that Beth says. I, I really do. If there, if you get an opportunity to put some of the stuff, cause we did shoot, you know, obviously things had to get cut down and edited. And yeah. I just felt like I, I saw so much gold from so many people. I don't envy your job having to create and edit these episodes, which are brilliant. But I know that there's, there's just constantly stuff being said that you think, Oh, I wish I could like just to have a, a Lexi real yeah. the Lexi show. Oh gosh. That's very nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know how many, I don't know where we are in the story. This will come out this upcoming Thursday. So I don't know how, what episode or it looks like the fifth episode or yeah, the, f- that's the pool party. 
that's will yeah. that's what will have that's what you guys will have been able to see by now right. is the is the pool party episode really so we yeah. really have so you've seen the complete meltdown on thursday yeah it'll by have this come thursday. Out thursday yeah 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 oh so you know how brilliant so you guys really <laughs> oh the timing is perfect then yeah. that's really good i didn't know necessarily what the timing was when we scheduled this but we're recording this on the sunday before the episode's gonna uh, me before the podcast episode will air and so you will have seen the 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 total frenzy tantrum that <laughs> beth throws at the pool the epic yes yes i mean we could not I don't know how any of us, most of us didn't keep a straight that face. <laughs> how many takes did we do of that freak out? Just a I couple. Think, I think we just did one or two. Right? I know you did it more than once. Maybe twice. There were long, t- I mean, you kind of. Oh, I just kept, oh, yeah, maybe I did. I don't even remember. I don't know. I, I, I thought we just did it a couple times, but. I mean. I remember when you kicked the beach ball and oh. the Connie, the hair person was just like crying <laughs> we couldn't i don't even is there footage of us not like did you get anything of us staying i feel like we all were so grateful that you ran away from camera because we could all turn our backs <laughs> and the pressure to stay not laughing was like off us a little bit i was laughing so hard goodness that's very nice you guys <laughs> but it's but the thing is is that just to, because because this is your episode and i've now i've also spent a lot of time fawning over erica um i feel i've given myself permission to fawn i would over just you like to well. say i i'm also not good at receiving compliments no, no, Barney, not. so we could you can tune out for this all right um some in as well because i'm a gigantic beth dover please throw some in i just think thing. it's I think that your character, one of the reasons that I respect the work that you do so much in the show is that, um, and this is true of all of the characters, they're all archetypes. So they're all over the top and they all have the potential to be super dishonest. And that's the thing that I'm so amazed by when I see these girls' performances. Obviously, Ken's as well. I'm focusing on the women's because we, you know, performances because this is kind of a female-oriented podcast. But... um, and Michael Ian Black. I mean, he, that guy doesn't have oh to. Oh, my gosh. You give him nothing. He can and, do, and I he know. will be the star. He it's literally. so stunning. He could just stand there and I laugh. We couldn't. For the for the, for all of those times, guys, where, where where Mike is just saying whatever cursory information he has to deliver, I'm sure you experience it as a watcher, seeing him just say, there's only one hose left. <laughs> like, he yeah. could just say that and uh, we I would know. have to stop the take because three of us would just start laughing. I know. And Ridiculous. be like, no, we can't And laugh. just Ken, Ken's stupidity is just fantastic. Oh, Everything. God. It's just great. It's but great. having said that, yeah. the reason people will like your character so much is because you are the only one who acts like all the women on The Bachelor probably want to act. You... <laughs> freak out and scream and cry and you know crush everyone's doing that inside and then yeah your character is really doing it it's so cathartic but it's but but going back to my original compliment is um i i do feel that this goes this is true for all of the actresses on the show um and i'm so in awe of all of them but but to single you out i just think that the that there's a real risk with your character to be inauthentic or to just not feel and you just it seems so honest and that's why it's so funny and it's so uncomfortable is that you just i really believe you i really believe that that person is is real and um and it's just hard to strike that balance i think of having a complete fit Mm -hmm. and being so funny and so silly and having the presence of mind to pick and make funny choices but to do them so sincerely that is really hard that's that's just really hard i don't even know how to respond um 
It's so great. I was going to respond with a compliment back to you, no. but I'm not allowed to. Nope. So namaste. No namaste, both chance of you. here. No chance here. Namaste. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that we, we need to cover. We're at about an hour. Right. Uh, I mean, I could talk to you guys, but it's hard with two people because uh, I didn't really get to get too specific of a very, very strong sense of exactly your adolescences, but I think we've got a nice picture painted. Yeah, a general overview. A nice wash. <laughs> like a, a nice rosy wash. Actually, no, it's not a rosy wash. I feel bad. I feel like I've methed it up. Oh, you met, you made a big meth of everything. I made a big meth of everything, you guys. Um, nope. There's people out there listening who are super appreciative because they've gone through that stuff in their lives. Yes. And uh, and look at you making a life for yourself and having a career and living here and having a great relationship <laughs> and all of that. They're laughing at me. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I'm just like <laughs> I'm put because I'm, I'm putting a, a sunny a sunny face on it. <laughs> no, no, it, I no, it's lovely. It's lovely. Thank you for having us, Janet. Yes, this has you. been very nice. Is there anything that we need to... Oh, Scott. Somebody. I'm going to have to ask you both to leave. You've harmed my dog. <laughs> right, He's sorry. fine, everyone. Sorry, He's totally guys. fine. Um, he gets underfoot and then he seems surprised when people accidentally step on him or even just touch him because he's kind of a wuss in a great way. He's a wuss in a great way. I love your dog so much. Um, is there anything else we need to tell them about burning love? Is there anything else we need to talk about here today? Thank you for your response to the show. People have been so nice and said some really nice things and tweeted and just, I hope everyone keeps watching because I feel like the season has a nice arc with some good performances. I agree. It's real funny. It's real it's funny, y'all. Real, real funny. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, please send us your comments and quotes. Oh, here's something. I'll say this in the intro as well, but um, I need to uh, remember that there's a really fun Pinterest account for JV Club. And so, um, and and my friend Jules, who I met through the podcast, uh, with whom I've become uh, dear pen pal friends, has been managing it all the way from New Zealand. And she, what she, she goes through and listens to all the episodes and then she handpicks um, images offline uh, to plug in that recap everything in a visual way that's been discussed. So like, for example, this episode, I'm sure there will be images of like a karaoke machine and like just all of the stuff that we've talked about will be visually represented on Pinterest. I get such a huge kick out of it. And I hope you guys do too. It's just for the purpose of being silly. Um, but it's really, really fun. And I love that she's been doing that. Um, and, uh, and I think we're definitely going to have uh, at least one more Burning Love guest. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but once I've established that, I'll also ask um, for your tweets and your questions. I'd like to do another, at least partially, listener-generated episode. But in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, Erica Oyama and Beth Dover, thank you so much for coming over. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you very soon. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 